0: And that's not an accident. Jordan Romano has actually intentionally copied Ken Jones, including doing the squat before he pitches.
1: <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> Circa 1992, Jim Houston and Buck Martinez in their TSN jackets.
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh man, could you imagine? Sportsnet would lose their minds
1: And welcome to episode number 179 of Artificial Turf Wars The show where Josh keeps me filled in on what's happening with the Blue Jays these days I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski And (laughs) I am joined, of course, uh, by the uh, fine and fancy Joshua Housem How you doing, Josh?
0: Oh, double little alliteration there. I like it. Uh, I'm good. Thanks.
1: (laughs) How are you? You're both fine and fancy, possibly.
0: Yeah. I'm saying not fancy, but we'll we'll stick with it anyway.
1: uh, A week has has gone by, and the Blue Jays did play games, although they had that uh, long weekend uh, foisted upon them by fate. Uh, We had Hyun Ryu have a good start. We have Ryan Barucci in the bullpen looking like that's where he belongs. Generally, I think the pitching looks like it belongs in the major leagues, with the you know a couple of exceptions. Um, but generally, because the expanded rosters there, we can talk about why uh, a certain managers shouldn't be using the exceptions. Uh, however, the offense is downright offensive when you when you look at it. Uh, Vlad is probably, I think we think of him as the, the the big difference maker here, and he's maybe starting to make a difference. And, uh, yeah, that manager, that Charlie Montoyo, that Chucky Monto, that, I, I don't know. We're going to talk about him because he keeps saying things and doing things that we're not sure about ourselves. We have questions from you. We have a gold star to hand out to the Cleveland Clevelands. And, uh, of course, we, uh, we should get right into it at this point, which is to say, let's focus, start off on a good note. Jun Ryu got all of the things that he needs to work working in his last start.
0: Yeah, so we talked about this on the last podcast, this idea that for Ryu this next start was going to be something that mattered because his velocity had been down, his stuff in command weren't there and we, you know, given that he's not young, it wasn't something we could just dismiss, but we also were very aware of the fact that this is a weird ramp up to the season and we had to you know, we had to see if it was going to be a trend. Thankfully it was not. He was excellent. <laughs> his velocity, his velocity wasn't all the way to where he said he wants to be, and he still walked three people, which he was upset about. But uh, his general command was incredible. You know, all the all the walks came on three two pitches. You know, after a couple of foul balls, which you know that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, he got twenty swinging strikes, including fourteen on twenty one change ups.
1: <laughs> so that's the kind of number that we really don't usually hear from Blue Jays starting pitchers in the past. I don't know. Five years, like Aaron Sanchez, maybe would get some swinging strikes, but but not many. That wasn't his game either. No, like th- to get that really nasty pitcher who you're who's absolutely fooled people, where they've committed to swinging at something that is not a strike or is not hittable, is in my mind is the mark of um, really elite stuff, and and we have not had those numbers come up from the, a Blue Jay pitcher consistently yet that I can remember. And like I said, in the last maybe five years um, since, you know, 2015, 2016, when you have David Price, who's looking for swing and strike.
0: Yeah. I mean, and then obviously with, with, Nate Pearson up too. there's another guy, I, I can't remember who he was facing, but at one point, he engineered you through four straight changeups. I think it might've been Marcelo Zuna. I can't remember for a strikeout. It's just like, you know, your pitch is really, really good. If you can throw four in a row, None were in the strike zone, and he got three swings and misses.
1: Yeah, so that I
0: mean, you're really you've you've completely
1: fooled people um, to the point where the repetition isn't even tipping them off, right? Because if you, if you go fastball, fastball, slider, and the slider's a swing and miss, well, that just says you have a great slider um, compared to your fastball. But if you're going change up, change up, change up, like you should be picking up on something as a hitter if if it's anything less than an elite changeup that hey maybe <laughs> this isn't of the fastball i think it's going to be clearly a uh, reuse changeup as we as we thought in the preseason or the you know when when he was signed we thought that was an an above above average pitch and uh what he showed in his last start was that's exactly what he has
0: yeah, and you know, the fastball was creeping up into the low 90s more often, which he, I mean, he acknowledged that like he still wants to get through harder, but it's going in the right direction, and he was locating his cutter in on the hands of righties, and he just looked every bit like the pitcher we thought he was going to be, which was obviously very nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on from Ryu, uh, we also have uh, Ryan Barucki, uh, who has been moved to the bullpen. We saw him... Have some success and then get hurt, basically. So success is a starter, of course, but and then get hurt and then really have kind of a bounce around and, and, and get hurt again and, and never really settle anywhere. Now the Blue Jays have moved him to the bullpen because of the, the plethora of starters that they signed and, and have coming up. He's been everything we wanted him to be, or has he been more than we've wanted him to be?
0: I mean, <laughs> it's hard to ask for him to have been what he has been, so I'd say more. I mean, this is his stat line he has thrown four innings only he's given up one hit two walks and nine strikeouts with no runs so two two k's per inning from ryan barucki who again
1: uh i don't think strikeout artists came to mind when he. no was that was never set. his
0: thing <laughs> um so ryan barucki when he was coming up through the minors he had his injury problems so he kind of got a bit slowed initially but he was known for having very good command and a really, really good changeup with a good fastball. Like, he he was a good prospect. It's not not a surprise. Like, he did have strikeouts in the minors, but just not to this level, obviously, because nobody does. Well, but,
1: yeah. 60% strikeout rate is not a sustainable number.
0: Yeah. But he wasn't... You know, he was more of a two-pitch pitcher, even in the minor leagues. And he came out this year with this cutter that he – you know, it's still a true slider. I mean, he calls it a cutter, but it's a slider. But, you know, in 2018, when he was up, his slider averaged 80 miles an hour. This year, it's 87. And That's wild. Right. <clears throat> so, like, he just tightened it up. And he called – like I said, he calls it a cutter, but it's not. And – you know, he, so it's this harder, tighter pitch, which, you know, he's coming out of there from the left side, throwing 95, 94 to 96 with an 87 to 88 mile an hour slider and a really good changeup. Now, if that first bit sounds like Andrew Miller, <laughs> I mean, that's what he's looked like in the early going. Now, obviously, no one expects him to give up no runs and strike out two batters per inning, but. He looks like if he can just keep this stuff up, especially with that changeup, he's an elite, elite reliever.
1: So, you know, it would be silly to say that that's where it's going. But even if he turns out to be a consistent late inning reliever, I think the Blue Jays would take that from Ryan Barucki at this point.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to be upset with something like that. I mean, look at what relievers like that get on the open market. Yeah. I still want him to start though.
1: Give him one more go round if there if there's a hole in the rotation.
0: But he never failed as a starter. He just got hurt. Hurt. Yeah. Right? Like when he came up, he led the Jason ERA. I mean, he was good. And now he's added a pitch for an extra weapon against left-handed batters, which he didn't really have before, even though he's left-handed. So with this, I mean, he's not going to throw quite as hard if he's starting, obviously. But, you know, an average of ninety two to 94 with an 85 mile an hour slider and a good change up with his strike the ring ability. That's still a starting pitcher to me. So I do worry somewhat that he's going to be so good in the bullpen. I mean, this is a weird thing to say worry, but you know, in quotation marks (laughs) that he's going to be so good in the bullpen that he'll never get the chance to start. Kind of like what happened to Roberto Osuna.
1: Right now. um, are, Are we good with, with Ryan Barucki? Because I would like to move on to the other sudden bullpen superstar.
0: Yeah, I think I've said enough about Baraki. and I mean his you know his performance speaks for itself. So so does Jordan Romano's. Oh my goodness, <laughs> yes.
1: 7 games, 7 innings pitched. I believe he's got he's a lot of base runner now.
0: He's walked was, three batters, but he's, he's not walked, given up a hit.
1: Walk three, has not given up a hit. 41.7% strikeout percentage, 72.7 ground ball percentage. It's hard to get beat up when you strike out uh, 40% of the people who face you and then get ground outs from 72% of the people who put the ball in play.
0: Sure is. (laughs) You you want to talk about the recipe for an elite reliever? That's like, well, basically that's just peak Zach Britton is what you just described. Look at me throwing out like two of the best relievers of the past decade. But that's kind of the point, right? That's what these two guys are pitching like right now.
1: Well, Romano is, if, if you watch his pitch selection, he is not afraid to commit to the slider until the plate appearance is over. I've, I've seen, like, slider, fastball, slider, 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 slider. It's like, yeah, it's going to work. Even though he has a 97-mile-an-hour or 98-mile-an-hour fastball, depending on the night, in in his pocket, he's like, no, I think the slider is going to get these people out. And lo and behold, the 72% ground ball rate, I'm guessing, is uh, my answer to whether the slider gets people out or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, the actual comp for the way he's pitching is Ken Giles, right? Mm hmm A guy who's got a big-time power fastball and an elite strikeout artist, but who also just has such a devastating slider that he throws it all the time. And that's not an accident. Jordan Romano has actually intentionally copied Ken Giles, including doing the squat before he pitches.
1: (laughs) Whatever works.
0: (laughs) But I mean— If Romano is this, which, you know, the stuff suggests he is, again, he's going to give up a run at some point. He's going to give up a hit at some point. Yeah, but like before Ken Giles
1: went down, he was striking out, where did he go? He was striking out 30% of the batters he faced. Yeah, I mean, that
0: kind of, that's a little misleading considering the way his season was going. But
1: Ken Giles strikes out, I believe, 30 to 40% of the batters he faces most of the time. Is that not. Am I somewhere in the right range there? He said opening. Yeah,
0: last year he was in the forties. Right. So I think that's
1: a good indication of of whether Jordan Romano is going to be in his company is if he keeps that strikeout rate in that same zone, right? And
0: actually, I was wrong. It's thirty nine point nine percent last year. <laughs> but yeah, and you know this is kind of like the Jays' their record. We actually haven't even mentioned. You know, it's not very good. They're in, la-
1: they're, they're in last by the magical percentage whiz bang thing that the the statistics that the standings are now ranked by
0: yeah because one's <laughs> way even close to the same number of games um but like, like if you entered season, the season the the bullpen aces were supposed to be ken giles and rafael Dolis. With Anthony Bass kind of in the setup role, and then Jordan Romano, like he wasn't even a lock to make the team. If you know when the season was originally supposed to start back in March, I mean he was a likely guy to make the team. But coming into camp, he certainly wasn't. But now, like you look at this team, say Giles comes back, they uh, this bullpen is devastating. Well, yeah, and,
1: and I I don't know. There's much more to say than that. It, it's it's all of the pieces are good enough. That We've talked about all of those pieces are good enough to assemble a, a you know, a seventh, eighth, ninth or seventh, seventh, eighth, ninth to get you past uh, a regular starters outing without too much worry. I mean, we've also lucked out a little bit. I don't think anybody's expecting AJ Cole uh, and, um, and even uh, basically Jacob Waggisback to not have given up any runs in the first two weeks of the season.
0: No. No, I mean, the bullpen has definitely had some lucky. And again, we're not expecting Ryan Barucki and Jordan Romano to give up no runs either, right? No. but Or, or Anthony Bass. Actually, I don't think he's given up a run yet. But he has not. There you go. Uh, but the stuff and the talent is now there, which we have not been able to say for a long – I mean even coming into the season, we thought it's like, oh, another makeshift bullpen. But like oh. if all of a sudden like everybody's back and – anthony bass is your fifth or sixth best reliever and Rafael Dolis as well it's like wow that's pretty good
1: yeah now that's not to say uh, everybody's been pitching well um no nope. no uh are we going to talk about the starting rotation or those those relievers who should never be used again <laughs> Well we can mention them <laughs> sam Gavilio has has uh i believe he's is he off the roster now
0: yeah he got, yeah, he down. got moved
1: uh shan yamaguchi and Wilmer font
0: yeah, Font surprises me. I was actually kind of excited about Wilmer Font, given the way he did pitch last year. You know, he was their opener, but, you know, he was a useful reliever for the Jays. You know, he had 39 innings with the team last year, 53 strikeouts, 3.66 ERA. He got started very late because he had COVID. Mm. So him, I'm willing to give a little bit of a pass to, but he also has to be not terrible, which he has been to this point. Well, he's not to striking think, he anybody out. Over 20?
1: Uh, yeah, it's still over twenty. He's not striking anybody out, and he's he's allowed a whole bunch of dingers in a very very short period of time. I mean, yes, two point two innings. So I'm guessing two or three home runs allowed already.
0: It's not what you want. Kind to give the walk off to Mitch Moreland, um, with a hanging breaking ball. This is it me shaking say. my head. No, no, sorry. No, no, no. no. He gave no, up to no. walk off to uh, to the Braves. Mitch yeah. Moreland, the one that was, that was hit off of Thomas Hatch, who's been very good. But yeah, so like, though, uh, no, but it's nice that we're talking about the very back of a bullpen with a 28-man roster, right?
1: Exactly. Because if you were a good manager, you could, you know, save those guys for the blowouts without too much trouble, I would think. Yeah. <sighs> okay. The starting rotation... Briefly, has been less impressive, I would say.
0: Yes, I mean, it's hard to be as impressive as that bullpen. I, True. I think they, yeah, they've been fine, but not good. Probably the problem is that they just had too many guys with short starts.
1: Yeah. So you've got Nate Pearson who has two, sh- two starts, 10 innings. Shoemaker, three starts, 16 innings, which wouldn't be bad except his ERA is hovering around five.
0: Yeah, he's uh, pitched very well twice and very poorly once.
1: Which, in the early going, is it's tough to suss those things out. Uh, Tanner Roark has two starts, eight innings. Though, would you have sent him out there as long as you did in the last start? I'm not sure.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, he he walked, with, I think, four guys in the first inning. And some only give up one run.
1: Uh, <laughs> you learned that from Trent Thornton. The yeah. allow all yeah. the base runners.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> sorry, I keep clearing my throat in the microphone. I'll try to keep stop doing that. But you know, Rourke had a good start and a bad one. Schumacher had two good ones and a bad one. Chase Anderson had a three inning start. Trent Thornton had a bad four inning start. Only give one run, but you know, Hatch had a three inning start. I mean, this is part of the weirdness of the season and why their rosters are so big, but it did put a strain on the team. I mean, they 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 that's why Sam Cavilli was pitching in high leverage a couple times because they had to keep going to the bullpen in the fourth inning. Yeah,
1: and and the tendency is to like we do not have a two three inning reliever um, for every night of the week,
0: right? Now this is something that should improve as the season gets going. Like you know, Ryu was only he only went five innings, even though he was awesome. I expect him to go six or seven next time out. I expect Pearson to start getting elevated in his pitch count. He's gone five both times. You know, maybe start getting six seven innings. Chase Anderson, you know, he should be able to go more next time. But it has been. A little touch and go in the early going
1: all right uh now we 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 talked about the the superlative pitching we we uh have not talked about the hitting because man where do you start the team let's do some team ranks let's do team rank in on base percentage Uh, i believe we discussed that was 20 yeah 29th at 277 so uh Getting out 73 percent of the 72 73 percent of the time. Of the time but that'll put kind of a chink in the whole let's build a rally thing. Slugging, Jays are a nice solid 23rd in slugging. That's that's good. Uh, let's just look over at wins above replacement as far as fangraphs is concerned. So, if you go all the way down the list, the bottom four teams have negative contributions from their, their, their lineups the Nationals, Pirates, Rangers, and Diamondbacks. The Blue Jays, just just above that, a, a complete. Third of a win so far from their offense.
0: And that's almost entirely from the defense, which <laughs> is not, which has been surprisingly good this year. You know, a couple of weird plays notwithstanding, like, you know, Vlad's made a couple of misplays and Matt Shoemaker made two errors himself yesterday. But because they are minus 11.7 on the offense stat on Fangraph, which you're looking at. I mean, here's here's the big one. In runs scored... The Blue Jays are third last. The only teams behind them are the Washington Nationals, who have played fewer games, and the Cardinals, who have played fewer games. The Marlins, who have played many fewer games, have scored three (laughs) more runs. Uh, The Phillies have also played less than them, right? (laughs) Yes, and also have three more runs. Great. (laughs) It's, It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it's been really bad. I mean, you know, there's not much you can really say beyond that. Like it's, they they're swinging and missing a lot. They're being very aggressive, which is, I mean, not always a problem. But with this, with the number, amount of swing and miss that they have in their lineup, I think it is.
1: Now, t- to be fair, as far as the swing and miss getting you to uh, strikeouts, they aren't. They aren't tearing the league up in terms of strikeouts. They they are the, literally the middle of the pack for a strikeout team. The problem is while they are swinging and missing, um, they are not hitting good pitches because they're 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 swinging at balls. I'm guessing because their walk percentage is absolutely ridiculously bad, as as we alluded to with the on base. But seven, the twenty fifth in walk percentage.
0: Yeah, and this is the big one. Like yeah, right. The strikeout rate is actually twelfth best in the league. So or swinging or their contact rate but there's yeah they chase 32.5%. Again by fangrass, some other measurements will have them actually higher. Fangrass is very stringent. Um sixth that's the sixth highest in the league. But the problem compared to some of the other teams that are above them is they also make contact when they swing out of the zone, which is what you're referring to where they just get out.
1: Yeah, if you if you put junk in play most often you're going to end up with junk. <laughs> it's not rocket science
0: yeah it, it you know it's it just has not been going well and you know it's like basically to a man i mean there's not really anyone who's hitting all that well even Teosca hernandez whose numbers are good
1: those are elevated from the first week of the season are they not before their long weekend
0: yeah well i mean that's kind of a stupid thing. Like he's still hitting, you know, 300 with a 620 slugging, but he's not walking. And he's striking out at a rate that's higher than his normal numbers. Like he's swinging and missing a ton. And then nobody else is hitting really at all. I mean, Boba is doing okay, but, you know, this is, there are three players with 15 or more plate appearances. That's a very low number. And an OPS over 750, or if you want to put it another over, way, over there, 700.
1: There are four players who are hitting with a weighted runs created above 100. That is above average. Um, and is one of one them, of Derek the, Fisher? yeah, one of them is Derek Fisher because he's had 15 plate appearances. So Teoscar Hernandez, Bo Bichette, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, you know, and, and and nobody, nobody else. And you look at the guys who've near, I mean, there's three guys who've broken um, the metric for WRC plus, I mean, it's not technically broken, but they have negative weighted runs created. Anthony Alford, Brandon Drury, and Santiago Espinal. Um, Joe Panic has a nine. Yes, he hits 9% of league average. Reese McGuire, the backup catcher is, again, he only has 15 plate appearances, but he hasn't done anything with them. He's hitting a 133, 133, 133, 333. You gotta, if your role players don't do anything and your regular guys don't do anything, guess what? You
0: don't do anything. Right. And like, you know, the, the the players you just listed, they were all bench players. So it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, well, if your bench is bad, but as you mentioned, there was only four players. One of them is Derek Fisher who's injured with a, a WRC plus of 100. I mean, you have like, you know, I'm looking at a different leaderboard than you are, so I don't have WRC plus, but. Rowdy Tellez, his OPS is 501 Denny Jensen, 519 Randall Gritchick, 582 Travis Shaw, 554 Those numbers should not start with 5 No, no 6 like, is bad
1: Yeah, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a Well, I guess we're doing okay world They start with 7s But you need, you need somebody in your lineup You need your 3-4 hitters to be hitting You know, somewhere in the 800s Or you're not
0: producing runs and you really ideally want someone hitting in the mid nines, if you know, if you're going to be a oh, lead yeah. team.
1: Yeah, I'm just talking about getting into the middle of the pack here. I'm, I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even worried about the bar uh, getting up to. We're going to lead the lead in anything. Um, because, I mean, the result is you, when you do hit the home run, it's a solo home run because nobody got on base in front of you, right? And the Blue Jays have hit a crap load of those this year.
0: Yeah, the, the Blue Jays have not hit a home run with a man on base since the fifth inning of the first game.
1: I mean, does that surprise me? No. Does it Does it speak to everything we've been talking about? I think probably it, it is the ultimate uh, useless statistic that points out exactly what's wrong with the Blue Jays. So, we should probably just put a cap on the week that was, which is to say we need to talk about the manager, because he's the guy who is running this ship.
0: Well, one second. I just want to quickly mention Vlad. Yes. Um. So... The one guy who's actually doing something somewhat positive these days is Vlad. You know, since they had their layoff because they couldn't play the Phillies, he's had 24 plate appearances, and he's hitting .333 with a .417 on base and a .524 slugging. That's one of those mid-900s OPSs Mm -hmm. on the surface. That is good. He's still not lifting the ball. I mean, all those doubles, well, no. One of them hit the top of the fence, which was legit. The other ones were ground balls down the line. Um, And go ahead.
1: Yeah, he's not lifting
0: the ball. He's hitting more line
1: drives than he has previously. Like his his singles tend not to be ground ball past the second baseman from what I've, you know, just sort of anecdotally looked at. But yes, he Mm -hmm. flew out to the track is not something you hear from Vlad Guerrero Jr.
0: Yeah, and he's had this weird thing. Like this is how I, I pulled it up. I did the research and I can't remember what the numbers were. I think it was seven plate appearances or something like that where he had started out three and O and he was the only player in baseball who had an on base percentage under 400 and at bats that started out three and O and he, uh, he went to three, one, he, this keeps happening. He gets to three, one, and then he swings at something that he shouldn't swing at and he hits it softly for an out. and. Which actually is a good sign to me because it's like he's having just like not good at bats because he's really pressing. But the numbers still lately have been going in the right direction. So if he starts actually cleaning that up a bit and just starts relaxing a bit at the plate, I think that we could start seeing the Vlad we expect to see.
1: I would like to see that Vlad because it's been quite a while now, it feels like. And I mean, I'd just like to see him for like two weeks.
0: Hey, that's a third of the season. I'd love it.
1: (laughs) Okay, week and a half. Um uh, I mean, basically, here's the weird part is in another uh what of the Blue Jays played? They played 13 games, thirteen games, yes, thirteen games, so one more week of games we're a third of the way through the season, and the blue Jays are probably screwed <laughs> <laughs> I just just leave that out there that you know if if you were in dead last or second last a third of the way through the season with nothing particularly on the horizon in terms of, you know, a pitcher coming back other than your closer you would in any other season make the conclusion that you were serious serious seriously underwater and i don't think the conclusion's any different here
0: um i don't agree because the percentage of the season isn't overly as relevant when because if you're in a third of the season when you're in last, in when you're playing a lot more games, you're usually like 12 games back. Right?
1: Yep. And you're saying you're only three or four games back.
0: Not, yeah, not even. of Because of, of, of the expanded postseason, right? So, you know, it's like they're... Actually, yeah, they're three games back. Three games back of a, of a postseason spot. And you know, like it's been bad, right? It has not gone well. They've, they, they cannot, they haven't hit at all, but three games back is not insurmountable, especially, you know, given that this was a, you know, not an easy part of the schedule. So it has not gone as well as I'd hoped, like not even close, but I think that there's still far more hope than there would be in a normal season. I'm,
1: I'll talk to you after seven more games and we'll see if I think they're screwed.
0: Um, yeah, but seven more games is a big deal right now, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't say they're screwed now. I said seven more games like this, and I think they're screwed.
0: Oh, I misunderstood you. Yeah, I, okay. Seven more games like this, and sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: all right. But, I mean, that's not much time to turn it around, right? Like, in terms of, like, in, in the next seven games, if you I, – I think they need to go, like, five and two.
0: Well, I guess I could have just done math, right? Because you said a third of the season. That would be 20 games, so seven more games. So, yep, I'm yeah. right there with you. <laughs>
1: So i mean if they go five and two uh I'm not thinking they're they're completely screwed because that puts them at it'll put them at ten and ten and ten, won't it yep, so i mean a five hundred team and a and a team where sixteen a league where sixteen teams make the playoffs, that's fine, but if they go like three and four or two and five that's it's not good unless someone else absolutely goes 0 and seven yep no, i agree all right uh so in in that vein, the manager doesn't seem to
0: have the sense of urgency that we do, Josh. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's. I, don't, I just don't get. So if you listen to the players talk right before the season. They would all say. That, you know, like they think this team is ready to win. Right, like they they think the talent is here, and therefore, you know, like it's the time. It's time to go, right? Yep. But then Charlie Montoyo, the way he talks, it's like he doesn't have that. Man, I don't know how you can be okay with it if you're a player. So this was the last game against Atlanta when they got walked off. The one that Wilmer Font gave up the home run. Quote: This is Montoyo, I don't think it was a tough night three and three against one of the best teams in baseball and we were right there until the end sorry three to three not three and three. yeah what yeah no <laughs> the, the
1: you you need to be disappointed when you lose i'm sorry but right. you do so,
0: <laughs> yeah you can't just be like oh one of the best teams in baseball you're supposed to be acting like you're a good team too right this isn't the minor leagues it's not about all oh, we tried and then like Before the last game in Boston, which they lost, again, on a walk off, he said, quote, it's already a good road trip. And if we win today, it's a great road trip. They were five and seven. Yeah.
1: Like, what what, if your expectations are that low, if it's okay to be five and eight coming home for the first time. And you think that this team, you know, at the same time, the players in this team started out thinking they might have a shot at winning something. How is five and eight jive with that? Like it just mentally, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Nothing adds up.
0: No, it really doesn't. And even like after they lost the game. So he said that first comment before the game. He said, you know, he's talking about, you know, the top it's little things. The two out RBIs, making all the plays to win those games. We haven't done that. Okay, good comment so far. We've played good enough. No, you haven't. No. If if we did those things, the record would have been better. But I know we're going to get there. I'm proud to say that I know we're going to get there. Why are you proud that you're not there yet?
1: Yeah, it's 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 on you to make this team get there. That's If you think all the parts are there, you need to be the guy who says, hey, I didn't give them over the hump. I didn't push the right buttons. I didn't you know i didn't fill out the right name on the lineup card Wags back. um i i don't actually blame him
0: for that but no no go but, ahead.
1: but you have to have accountability as the manager when your team comes up just short and you feel like the talent was there that if you genuinely think they tried hard enough you can't go good one boys i guess we'll get them tomorrow no you have to go in my opinion you have to say this one's on me because I, I you guys did everything right i did something where um i didn't put you in a position to win somehow
0: yeah or just say i mean that you're 100 right right but by the way but if you get beat just say you know what yeah like we lost we should have won the game it's not you know we got to do better yeah right? not
1: not we're proud to have done what we did no we're, and, we're yeah, do- and
0: not, and not you know, three to three to three against one of the best teams in baseball. And we were right there until the end. It wasn't a tough night. It was. You lost.
1: <laughs> well, it also tells me, it, as a player, I think I would be like, well, I felt pretty tough out there. Why, aren't, why didn't you think that was tough? That was tough for but, me.
0: And then that's what I was trying to get at, at the beginning of this, right? It's like the players, their messaging has been that they are ready. Like they are good enough now to contend. And if your manager is saying that stuff, your manager is telling you, it's like, I don't actually think we're good enough.
1: Yeah,
0: it's like I'm happy with being in there against one of the best teams. You're supposed to think you are one of the best teams, even if yeah. they're not objectively one of the best teams. Their their players think that they are.
1: Yeah, let the players turn the screw. When you know it's it's not. Well, I don't. I guess we can compete against these guys. It's we're going to beat these guys because when when the chips are down, we're going to do the thing that they didn't do. We're going to get that run across. We're gonna we're gonna make that play defensively that requires you know a stretch and a scoop and everything else because we're better because we know we can do this it just doesn't sound like it's there i don't even think we're gonna get i'm just looking at the time i don't even think we're gonna get into the weird actual on-field decisions that have no it's fine gone around but suffice to say he manages the game strategically in a similar way to which he talks about it after after the game is said and done
0: yeah, just one quick thing before we move on. Like, I'm, th- I'm not one of the people that Colin Kern would be fired, right? Because it, it's just not realistic. And I don't know enough about what he's like off the field, but just some of these things need to change.
1: Yeah, even even just for the optics of so. it. All yeah. right, we're, we're going to come back with your questions, and we're going to hand it a gold star. And, yeah, we'll be back in just a sec. Play something mellow. Play something I can't my tea. And we have made our triumphant return Ooh. to to Studio BJ. <laughs> how about how about we just go to the question?
0: Yeah. Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly.
1: Here are the rules: first, I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now, how does that sound,
0: sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? We're gonna
1: break with tradition. We're gonna let you ask the first question.
0: Yes, this one comes from Brian A. at BJ Arsenal 84 Again, it's Russ Adam themes, but we're not going to read that part because he keeps doing that. <laughs> the question is baseball card related. Do either of you have a baseball card that you hold near and dear to your heart?
1: Um, for reasons that I'm not entirely sure, um, I love it so much. Uh, I have a fairly decent baseball card collection from the 90s, which is to say it's worthless, but the cards look pretty. Um,
0: <laughs> he sounds right. Uh, there
1: was a, a card, that, so, so Tops did this thing for Stadium Club called First Day Edition. So all of the cards that they printed uh, on the first day had a special hologram on them. So you get one every, you know, five or six packs, you get a first day edition. Um, I got a first day edition of Roberto Alomar in 1993, and the card is a, a really interesting shot of him, um, from the third base side of the diamond. He's at first and he's got his gloves in his hands and he's poised looking at the pitcher like he's going to steal second base. I thought it was a really great shot. And it's one of the things that because he was such a defensive wizard and everything, I think a lot of the shots of him were him turning to or fielding something at second, uh, etc. But that position and then on the back, it actually talks uh, about his um, statistics stealing third base, which he was one of the best um, uh guys at not getting caught stealing third in the league at the time. So the fact that they matched the picture on the front to the statistics on the back as well was I was just thought it was a great card and it's a first day edition. So um I still think about that when I think about my favorite baseball card. It's a random one, not a rookie card or anything, but there you go. Uh,
0: that's a good one though. I mean I, I so I have a ton of baseball cards too again, worthless cards from the 90s. But I don't have anything like that. I mean I have the goofy one where Troy Tulowitzki poses a pitcher because the photographer did not know he was a shortstop. <laughs> i like that one <laughs> but i don't you know for me it's like i've got like autographed baseballs and things like that that have more meaning to me than the baseball cards themselves
1: fair enough um abbas salim khan at abbas salim khan well that's convenient uh ask us the eternal question was that Vlad homer fide or Bonifacio?
0: <laughs> i love this question <laughs> so for those who don't know this originally started out as a game that they played on ESPN's fantasy Focus baseball. It was a podcast. And the idea was that Emilio Bonifacio would always start out the season hot and then fade back <laughs> into being bad. <laughs> so the question was like, is, is if a guy in a hot start is he bonafide or is he Bonifacio? <laughs> <Right? laughs> and one year Bonifacio was Bonifacio was bonafide, which made it really funny. Um, and then this is obviously funny because Bonifacio crashed into Victor Robles, which allowed the ball to not get caught.
1: <laughs> so uh, um, I do think it was Bonifide, uh, Bonifide. That's my vote on that homer.
0: Again, you've referenced the drop. Bonafide or Bonifacio? Uh, I believe it's Bonifide. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> We're going to deep cuts here. But, uh, it was Bonifide. It went over the fence. All right, fair enough. It wasn't like the Joe Adele play yesterday where he like knocked a ball over the fence off his glove for a four-base error.
1: <laughs> the four-base error is the most painful words in baseball to me.
0: <laughs> it sure is. That's
1: going to be a four-base error. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> All
1: right, what's the next question? So
0: this one comes from Kevin at Kevin Chase 4 How much do you think bullpen slash lineup management has impacted the Jays' record versus poor execution in pitching and hitting? Yes. <laughs> i suppose that works <laughs> i mean it's true it's been everything but it, i think it's the performance the hitting has been so bad that it's yeah. still the bulk of the reason
1: uh yeah you, yeah i don't think you could um, unless you found other players to put in the lineup from different teams i think probably you would you would get similar results um although i think the jays might be you could get him to 500, probably, if, if things were played perfectly as a manager. But yeah. I think we have to remember that for all the things that he got wrong, other other managers might have done other things wrong to not get them in a position to win on other nights. So it's, yep, you know, it's not a zero-sum thing. Agreed uh colleen evans at colleen evans six hi colleen uh what fan cutout fan in quotes would you like most like to see in the stands behind the home plate at silent field tomorrow night
0: so yeah the blue jays are finally starting their home games that's big air quotes around that one um the answer the correct answer has to be the the woman who's known as home plate lady yes i mean she's that's her spot during the regular games and she has that famous gift where she doesn't flinch at <laughs> the line drive foul ball right at her and then she did a fake scare the next time um <laughs> so that's the real answer
1: uh my answer though is i i feel like uh it should be circa 1992 jim Houston and buck martinez in their tsn jackets
0: uh, <laughs> oh man could you imagine sports lose would lose their minds <laughs> oh, i like that for... they can be flanking her
1: yeah exactly on either side like the yeah. one of them with a microphone in front of her like he's interviewing her because we all that's the interview we all want this year
0: that's true yeah the other answer is my mom because i got oh. a cut out of these for my mom so i'd love that to be there <laughs> did you get to
1: pick a seat or were you just no no it's just like i have good no luck. idea where it's gonna be People think your mom's home plate lady.
0: That would be incorrect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that could be happening there, but that's not one of them. Uh, okay, so those did we get all the questions? That's it. Yeah. Yes, we did. All right. I I wouldn't want to miss anybody, especially when there's only four. If there's fourteen questions, maybe I could miss somebody, but it would just wouldn't be fair if there's four. We do have to the Cleveland organization one of these. I think that's rather brilliant.
0: So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get
1: a gold star. You enjoy that. You've earned it. Yes, to the, uh, the Cleveland baseball team who did the right thing and the obvious thing when a player did the wrong thing. Uh, Zach Blesak. He, he had a good start the other day, correct?
0: Yeah, he's pitched really well. hmm
1: And apparently he decided that uh, in Chicago he would celebrate which I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, everybody wants to celebrate a good start. How did he do that? He went out. <laughs> like you just, you just went out in Chicago, just on the town. Oops. Yes. Yeah. I I understood that that was uh, strictly prohibited this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't actually until really very recently, but now it is. Mm. And this is why you know, the baseball team from Cleveland gets their gold star. They sent him home. They didn't wait for a positive test. He violated the protocol, so it's like you're going home for 72 hours, and if you test positive, test negative in that, during that time, then you can come back.
1: And I think that's right. They even made him uh, rent a car and drive himself home.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you're know, the right thing. Like they, It's like you're going home, and you're going home in a way that's not going to put other people at risk.
1: Yeah. I, uh, well, th- th- you're going to add the super ironic twist to this?
0: Yeah, would you like to say something else first? you want me to say No, that? no, go ahead. So, Zach Plesek was not the only person to go out. You However, have, so this you gotta, a,
1: Josh, this, you have to. You can't go out by yourself.
0: you got to go out with a friend. It's true. <laughs> this is a quote from... So, Mike Clevenger joined him. So, he has also been sent home. This is a quote from Mike Clevenger from July. Quote, This isn't going to be a run-to-daddy kind of thing. We're going to handle it in-house. This is a player discipline thing. Keep the coach's front office kind of out of it. It puts a little extra accountability, kind of. Just having the trust in your teammates is a big thing, I think. It's a big thing on the field. If you feel feel your teammate doesn't trust you off the field, how are you going to feel like he trusts you when you get between the lines? Well, Mike.
1: (laughs) This is a new feature we're starting called Life Comes at You Fast Sometimes.
0: (laughs) It sure does. I mean... How do, you, how do you give a quote like that? And then a week and a half later, you're going out on the town.
1: It was a pretty good start, Josh.
0: Chicago. <laughs> Had to support his buddy. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? He thought that Zach Plasek would not trust him between the lines because he didn't go out with him. Oh, well, ah.
1: I think, I, yeah, I think there's no excuse for that since he obviously knew it was you know what, was, what he was doing since he yeah. thought about it prior. So it, there's just straight up. No excuses. Um, And I feel like that speaks to the larger problem that MLB is having this season, because the Cardinals followed all the protocols and then had additional positive tests. Um, And without getting too far into it, I would say that it's pretty obvious that either people don't realize what following the protocols entails, or... The protocols are not adequate. And neither of those things leads to a 60-game season with a full playoff slate, in my mind.
0: No. I mean, the Cardinals, they're already, like, their next series is canceled too. So, like, how are they going to get to 60 games? Like, uh, uh, It's a big mess.
1: Well, as as an agent, um, if one of my clients comes to me and says, Major League Baseball is talking about a double header or two double headers a week, seven and double headers to get us in here. And I think I'm going to be pitching, you know, more often. And I don't, and, you know, and I've previously had arm problems as an, as an agent, I'm like, you need to opt out.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot. Well, that, that's going to tie into something else probably in a bit, but uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot of moving parts to all this that are making this kind of problematic.
1: Yep. So we'll keep you updated on the problematic lack of games being played by various teams and how that's going to impact. This. Like, I mean, we'll keep you updated as as the season goes on, which it rapidly continues to do. Uh, do is this the part where I ask you if you have a final thought?
0: I do. Um. So we talked about the the bullpen for the for the Blue Jays. One of the interesting things that's sort of come out of this weirdo season. The entirety of the Blue Jays' depth is in the, on the roster. <laughs> like they're starting pitching depth. If you asked entering the season, so the rotation was supposed to be Ryu, Thornton, Shoemaker, Rourke, and Anderson, with the backups being Yamaguchi, K, Hatch, Barucki, and Pearson. <laughs> So it's kind of a weird thing where they're all in the big leagues. Well, Thornton is injured at the moment, but he would be in the big leagues if he was healthy. And I don't think any of those other guys would be going down. So they've kind of had to be creative so that they still have someone if something happens. So Anthony Kay has sort of fallen into the, like every time you pitch, you're going multiple innings. He's been fantastic. You know, eight innings. I think he's given up one run and, but yeah, he's doing like three innings at a time, two innings at a time. So it's kind of the creativity they're going to have to employ in order to if someone goes down in order to have a start or come in and not have to use an opener is is interesting
1: you do have you know the advantage of of saying though at, at least in that first start or first two starts um, you could piggyback your starters yeah for, but now know, two the losses aren't innings.
0: going down again like they're staying at 28 all season
1: which was a no-brainer
0: yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know how that wasn't the case the whole time but yeah, so then they've had, they'll they have to do this, right? So, so Kay has pitched eight innings in, in three games, right? So almost three, three innings a game. And that, I guess that's kind of the point, is he's the guy who'll get the ball if they need a spot start.
1: Sounds good. Uh, my final thought is about a former Blue Jay. Marcus, number six, Stroman.
0: Number zero yeah. this year. Well, <laughs> he was supposed to be.
1: But he's not any number at the moment because he has opted out of his season with the Mets. He opted out... As soon as he got his service time in order to qualify for free agency, because Marcus Stroman finally got to game the system that had gamed him once in a while. Um, I think that's awesome. I think it's fairly rare that players get to manipulate their service time on the team.
0: Now the, fact the that only that, situation that it really works. Oh, and I yeah. guess uh, Franklin Morales back in the day. <laughs>
1: Um, I don't remember Franklin Morales.
0: He uh, he had dead arm, and he had dead arm, so he was on the IL just long enough to reach his number of days where he was guaranteed $2 million or something <laughs> like that. Um,
1: so I think it's awesome that Strowman did that as much as, you know, I'm blocked from Strowman's Twitter, so I can't congratulate him. Um, I would because that's the kind of advantage that uh, I would take if I were a player because, you know, taking yourself out of the risk and qualifying as a free agent next year um it also means that the mets traded anthony k and jacob Waggisback for not sorry back uh, sorry um Simeon woods richardson for uh 11 games of marcus stroman
0: on a third place team
1: yeah now that's the mets right
0: there meet the mets
1: <laughs> <laughs> i bet you're gonna beat the mets uh okay
0: <laughs> i mean so stroman No, he's not saying he did this, right? He's saying that the recent stuff with the Cardinals and the Marlins has, like, scared him away. Which could be true. But who cares? Like, this is... He did it the way that he should have done it.
1: Absolutely. All right. which is to say that you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010, and this has been Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 179... No, that wasn't an edit, honest. (laughs) Um, And we will talk at you next week.